yeah, so we started last week talking about uh, the appearances of uh, images of Jesus and early Christian art and um, talked about some of the reasons why they show up so late and also the content uh, of, of those images. Uh, maybe in some surprising ways um, that Jesus shows up almost never alone. He's with other people of the same stature and he's usually doing teaching or, or miracles uh, that's in the late 3rd century, early 4th century, through about the mid-4th century. And then we start seeing Jesus enthroned uh, with the halo, start seeing him handing the scroll of the new law to the apostles. And we talk about the reasons behind that, uh, se- several different kinds of reasons, uh, many having to do with the geopolitical situation in the world, imperial patronage, uh, just in general how art was changing there was a lot going on uh, as, as these images of Jesus began to emerge however this week we'll talk about the noticeable absence of that those depictions uh, and emerging images uh, of Jesus on the cross uh, it's really interesting uh, occurrence this, this is an image uh, and by the way, the Apple took my laptop this week to repair, and I haven't gotten it back, so this is my wife's. I don't have anything, any bullet points uh, or notes this morning for y'all to follow along, so I apologize. Uh, barely got some images uh, this morning, but this, and all of my database images are on my computer, so uh, I apologize. Uh, but this is an image or a version of an image that Josh uses almost every year. He preaches a sermon, and I forget what the sermon is, but he always includes this image. Um, this is uh, probably the earliest image uh, we have in, in uh, history of Jesus represented on the cross. Uh, and it's somewhat controversial. I don't know, remember how he tells the story, but this is graffiti uh, on a wall that's found on the inside of a plaster wall on the Palatine Hill in Rome. Uh, and scholars date it uh, generally uh, anywhere from the year 200, early, early third century, uh, all the way up until uh, the mid fourth century. But they're generally accepted that it's kind of early, early in the third century. And uh, it's a depiction, of course, of a man being crucified on a tall cross, uh, T-A-U, the Hebrew letter cross, uh, with uh, an ass's head. And it's got a, uh, a guy represented as holding his hands in the worship position. And it basically says, uh, Alexander, uh, Alex worships God or worships his God. Uh, and it's, I think the way Josh tells the story, it's generally accepted that it's uh, to mock or to make fun of Christians. Further, uh, many scholars believe there's a military context because of where it was found, that it was, it was a place where graffiti found where soldiers would make fun and tell jokes to one another on the wall through graffiti. And so uh, it, it was thought to be making fun of a soldier uh, who was a Christian. And uh, was worshiping um, their donkey god who was crucified. This occurrence, two intaglio gems from roughly the same period, 
are pretty much all we have in the third century uh, in terms of Jesus being represented on the cross. Uh, then we have, um, so this is circa 430, early fifth century. That's the next earliest image that we have of Jesus being crucified. Um, images of Jesus on the cross are suffering uh, crucifixion. Uh, are extremely rare, even from the 5th century. And we almost see, I mean, literally half a dozen occurrences in early Christian art until the 7th century. That's something to think about for a second. There are only about six uh, extant representations of Jesus being crucified from the 5th century all the way, or from the early period, uh, all the way to the 7th century. These are the door, uh, a wooden carved door on the Santa Sabina um, in Rome. Uh, pretty, Matt, yeah, we, pretty do plain. we have any idea why the other two are depicted as children? Oh, I, I, I don't know that they're depicted well, as children. The faces and everything do not look like adult. Like, yeah, know. I don't, if you think, if you think about Jesus represented in his baptism on the sarcophagus that we looked at last week, uh, it's kind of more of a stature representation. I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily depicted as children. It's also obvious the authority you know given to Jesus' stature in this. Um, I, yeah, obviously the thieves on the left and right. Um, and then... Yeah, this is contemporary, perhaps, uh, perhaps earlier uh, by a decade than that. This is a carved ivory, part of a probably a diptych or a triptych uh, worship panel, carved ivory. Uh, this occurs in the early 5th century as well. And this is quite detailed, obviously. You have uh, Centurion. Um, you have Judas uh, being hanged with the 30 pieces of silver at the bottom, which is really... This looks, uh, I mean, I think this, <laughs> I don't know how, the, this is in the British Museum, now. I don't know how this is dated uh, so accurately, but it, if you look at the Christ figure, it's very, it's very similar in the, in presentation and style as the early Anglo-Saxon art that we'll be looking at in a couple of weeks. Uh, it looks more like 7th century to me, but I'm not an expert. I just play one on TV. Uh, at the top of the oh the writing yeah. it's the sign the uh, king of the Jews king, it's a highly abbreviated uh, latinized version of the inscription on Jesus cross anything any other observations yeah and then uh, this is uh, from the Syriac uh, Retablo Gospels. Uh, this is sixth century. Uh, it's, there's there's a couple of depictions on uh, lead pilgrim, uh, amphora like uh, the, the small lead containers that would have holy water from a pilgrimage site, and sometimes those are carved. Sometimes they're cast lead, and uh, they have some. We have a few of those from the fifth century that have. Uh, depictions of Jesus on the cross. Uh, 
this is this is fascinating to me. Um, also, kind of in the same category are nativity scenes. Uh, we have a big absence of nativity, uh, the miraculous birth of Jesus, uh, although they do come along a little earlier, mid-5th century, uh, in, in greater numbers than, than um, yes. crucifixion depictions. Yes, Brian? So when they show up, is, yes. is, it, is it a ramping up, or is there like a switch, and suddenly there's a whole bunch of them? There's a switch, but it's much later. Like you see a lot, especially when uh, Christian culture spreads out among the Franks, like when the Frankish kings become converted to Christianity in the 6th century, early 7th century, um, you start seeing you know, motifs and depictions of crucifixions and cross, the use of cross itself. Uh, in a lot coinage and stuff like that, but uh, it, it kicks in, but it kicks in much later. It, there's not a ramping up. There's just spotty, very, very spotty, uh, almost non-existent occurrences. So, is there a theological or cultural? Yeah, we're gonna we'll get to that. Yeah, Paul. Yeah. Is that the same time as feudalism is rising? Say again. Is that at the same time as the rise of feudalism? Uh, that's. I, I I would think a little later, but I don't. Maybe you historians could speak to that. You definitely have uh, kings representing, you know, uh, I, I mean, a lot of, again, shows up on coinage, you know, cross motifs. And you do have some of that in the Byzantine, much later Byzantine. In fact, I'll pass this around. I should have brought this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the, or last week, but this is a, uh, later Byzantine, 8th century, and you have the emperor on one side, and then you have Christ on the other. Both have crosses, and they both have halos, basically. We talked about the kind of use of imperial. Jesus is enthroned over all the world, and the emperor is the um, representation of Jesus on earth. So it's hard to tell where Jesus starts and the emperor begins. You know, I'll pass this around. Don't just don't chew on it or anything like that. And I know the lights are low. So. Is there is there a debate about whether the other two were nailed or tied? I'm sorry. Is there a debate about whether the other two were nailed or tied? I I there, there may or may not be. I don't. I'm not aware of that. Um, that definitely depicted as both, especially later on. Carbaggio had them tied. You know, I don't know more. Uh, a lot of uh, contemporary articles are questioning the fact that, that crosses may have been exited instead of the traditional view. Oh, uh, right. Are there any early depictions of an X-shaped cross? Not not that I'm aware of. I mean, I think the traditional Ro Roman form of execution involves some form of cruciform just because of the nature of the... The if, execution. if this is true, then they they're saying they had to be tied because nails would pull out over yeah, time. Not, if they were if they didn't go through a bone in their hands, it would it would tear the flesh out. Yeah, I'm not I'm not familiar with the inner workings of the, well, <laughs> the method. Yeah, on the fact that they, yeah. they had to be tied. Yeah, or, or they would have literally pulled sure. out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Dave. One thing I noticed with the previous picture compared to this one is. This one, they seem, and I'm going to get the areas wrong, they seem less Anglo-Saxon. Yes. Whereas this one, they seem to have a little bit more... Yeah, this is Eastern. This is Syri Syria, Syriatic. Uh, so even back far then, we have, we're making Jesus into our image. 
Y yeah, it's more about style, uh, artistic stylism, though. I mean, because you see most Anglo-Saxon art, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's religious in nature or not. It, it's kind of stylistically, uh, you know, the way the figures are laid out, the way the scene or the comp composition is uh, put together. Uh, I think it's mostly stylistic, but I mean, that's something to think about. The... <coughs> So the, I guess the, one of the, the major point I want to talk about this morning is that the irony in that the early creeds, we talked about the Nicene Creed, 336, you know, mid-4th century, early 4th century. Uh, does anybody know the Apostles' Creed? Anybody can recite it? Anybody grow up Methodist? You should be able to recite it. Yeah, come on, man. I believe in... <laughs> right that's good sound y'all sound like a bunch of church of christ people trying to say <laughs> the yeah believe in jesus christ yes son of god he was born of a virgin birth crucified dead and suffered under pontius pilate crucified dead and buried ascended to hell the earliest ones say uh return judge the quick and the dead but it's always it's always fascinated me that it you know he was born of a virgin birth let's settle that you know he suffered under Pontius Pilate crucified dead and buried never mind all the stuff he did in between right in the early creeds there is a heavy emphasis on the miraculous virgin birth the nativity and suffering under Pontius Pilate he was crucified dead and buried this is during the same period where we have a total absence of depictions of Jesus being born of a virgin crucified dead and buried now the caveat little caveat is that you have depictions early on even in the catacombs Domitilla's uh, uh, sarcophagus uh, herself have all these scenes and this is mid fourth century you have Jesus or you have uh, Simon carrying Christ's cross uh, you have the crown of thorns uh, you have uh, I'm not sure what that is oh that's maybe Jesus put before the crowd with the centurion uh, and then at the end you have Pilate uh, there's this thing uh, where he's about to wash his hands his servants bringing him water and that he's thinking about what to do and they have a cute little cross in the middle with a key row uh, and then you have these uh, mourning birds representing the empty tomb no depiction of you basically everything around it on both sides uh, but there's no crucifixion um, I find that very ironic that at what uh, it in uh, documentary sense the theological debates the early creeds all talk and emphasize about Jesus birth and crucifixion but we have a total absence of images representing that during the same period you might can you explain that <laughs> yeah isn't it likely that there was even a little bit after Constantine there was still like a anti-christian you know strong anti-christian feeling people were just destroying art as they came across it whenever they had the opportunity mm. 
maybe they were, but they weren't destroying other forms of art, uh, other depictions. Or if they were, they weren't doing them as much as they were destroying. Uh, it's it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to... You're saying there is, there are depictions, there just aren't. Yeah, we have plenty of this. I mean, we've looked at how much of this have we looked at? You know, last week we looked at a ton of Jesus's ministry being emphasized. In other words, the miracles, the teaching, uh, the raising of Jairus's daughter, all the different images that we see show up repeatedly during the same time. Basically, Jesus' ministry is emphasized. His death and birth are not in art, and yet the opposite is going on with the creeds and going on among the theological uh, documentary evidence that we have. Well, and, and if there's that sort of anti-Christian sentiment and there is art being destroyed, the most logical art that you would go after first would be the things that are most important. So if, the, if, if doctrinally they're going... Virgin birth, crucifixion, those are the things. That's what distinguishes him. These are the elements we're hanging our hat on. Yeah. If, if you want to obliterate the message, you go straight for the heart. Those are going to be the things mm -hmm. that you destroy, where these would be less obvious and possibly less mm -hmm. offensive or le less central right. to... That's a that's a very logical line of thinking. Unfortunately, we have no evidence for it. Yeah. Like, there's no evidence for mass destruction of you know cruciform depictions of a really Christian art in general at this by this period. I mean, you know, post post Constantine, post Edict of Milan, uh, there's just not a whole lot of persecution going. And 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 even before that, you know, mo most of the most of the art that we have doesn't show signs of destruction. Of course, most of it was hidden in the catacombs, but yeah. Paul? I can't speak to the, uh, the artists at the time, but mm -hmm. the, the creeds, most of what that was reacting to was different movements coming up. And right. the, the big debate often centered around divine or human nature. Right. And so the elements of the story as far as, you know, that yeah. he crucified this, that, and the other, they didn't really argue about that. They right. argue about, you know, experience good and matter is bad. And like just the word like of one what is it of one yes yes you had the bards you had the Aryans you had all of these things going on instead of saying what is it I should start talking about what what my theories are <laughs> but we'll get. Um, to me maybe it, it could be that there's a disconnect between the people and what they felt like was important and the organized religion and what the yes. organized religion said this is what you need to focus on you're on to something people yeah didn't care about that they cared about Yes, that that yeah, that's one of the theories. Very popular theory, very smart. Yeah, not that the rest of you aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Say the Nicene Creed. Go. No, just kidding. Kate, Miss Katie. Uh, hey, okay. I, I'm just wondering how graphic other imagery was at the time. It seems like pretty intimate, um, kind of like you can talk about a crucifixion, but you have an image of it. Yes. Yes. Great point. Great point, which brings me to my first theory as uh, to why we have this. Uh, and these aren't my theories. These are other. I will work my opinion in. But uh, and the first one is, yeah, too soon. <laughs> uh, uh, 
the aversion to representing uh, a suffering Savior and a gruesome death uh, at this period is probably culturally just not cool. It wasn't cool within the community either. Further, Constantine, I mean, right after the Edict of Milan, prohibited outlawed crucifixion, period. Uh, we don't talk about crucifixion. We don't do crucifixion. It's too cruel. It's too gruesome. Uh, and it's just um, the, the concept of who you consider your Messiah, your Savior, and your deity uh, being executed in the lowest form of Roman execution may have been too soon. I mean, all the way to the 7th century, I'm not sure, you know. And I can't answer that. That's a great question about... Uh, you know how gru how graphic or gruesome are, are other forms of art or other art about other subjects. Uh, I can't answer that. I know that Roman graffiti at the time was extremely lewd, uh, but in terms of the violence it portrayed, uh, I'm I'm not sure. And there's one thing for to have graffiti. There's other to have representative art or funerary context art. Uh, so the theory of just just too much for early Christians, um, especially in the time of you know following persecution. I mean, it wasn't just that Christ was crucified. There were you know plenty of other people during the the you know the great uh, Diocletian you know persecutions. There were just tons of people, other Christians who were crucified in gruesome ways, and so. Um, Uh, I just finished a book on uh, a biography of Rodgers and Hammerstein, and uh, there was some musical that they were working on in 1952, I believe. Oh, that's, a, that's wrong. It's in the late 50s, uh, and it was a musical called The Sound of Music. You guys may know that. And uh, it involved Nazis, uh, and in the actual musical, the not, they decided at some point to dress the Nazis in just plain drab. There were no swastikas. There were no. Rep they decided it was just too soon for any strong representation of the Nazis uh, depicted at that time. And we're talking, you know, again about uh, ten years after the end of World War Two. In Germany, you still have. Yeah, prohibition. That's, that's so, right. That's so right. Could, so, couldn't the Old Testament writings against graven images been in play during this time? It 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 was still. They were further and further away from right. the, those prohibitions being tied to Christianity through uh, Judaism. But uh, and and again, we we run up on that when we run into the iconoclasts eventually. Uh, but I don't know how that would specifically prohibit depictions of. Uh, Again, because by the you know by the early fifth century we have or the late fourth century we have Christ enthroned you know we have things that are obviously again and it's not again I'm not suggesting that Christ, early Christians didn't believe uh, in what had happened with the crucifixion they were all very much aware and if you think about our Bible if you think about the letters that Paul was writing very early on. Play the importance and the context of what happened on the cross with Jesus and what happened with the resurrection. It was central, uh, very central to at least uh, the theological 
uh, posturing of the church at the time, uh, what happened on the crucifixion uh, and the resurrection. And again, in the art we find, um, we have the art paralleling that on both sides, you know, uh, Christ's victory over death is depicted very often, uh, the empty tomb, things like that. It's just the actual depiction of Jesus on the cross that we're talking about. Um, the, the second theory is kind of a, kind of an artistic school theory, and it's that Christ on the cross was too profound a mystery to depict, uh, that it was a holy subject uh, that crossed the bounds of artistic endeavor. Um, like Moses afraid to look into the face of God that what happened on the cross in fact was so central to the church and to the story uh, that they were buying into uh, and it was so profound as kind of explained uh, through the writings of Paul uh, that it wasn't a subject to depict in art that it was something beyond uh, what could be representative either in narrative art or in symbolic depiction. Um, I, I think that's uh, that's a relevant. Uh, it, it, that's not a crock, you know. I think there's something to be said for that. Um, yeah. Third, the stigma of crucifixion is punishment, which is kind of tied to the first one about it being too soon. If the Alex graffiti is correct, that it, it's graffiti to make fun uh, of Christian of you know Christian religion that worships a crucified Savior, uh, then the opposite could be assumed true, um, which is that uh, early Christians were not wild about representing their God in the lowest form of death. In other words, they didn't want to depict it because other people were depicting it and making fun of them. It's also very well documented that it was misunderstood. Like the whole, like we have Origen writing to refute uh, pagans believing that Christians worshipped anyone who was crucified. Like why are y'all so obsessed with this form of death? Why does Paul write so much about it? Does anybody who's been crucified, you know, are they a deity, you know? Uh, and then you have Tertullian writing to refute uh, pagans saying, well, Christians worship crosses the way pagans walk, uh, worship idols. Uh, Christians are treating the cross just like an idol. So again, the centrality of the cross and the crucifixion in the story, in the Christian narrative at the time, was just that. It was central, um, again, to the fact that we have all these uh, writers trying to, to uh, explain it or be a apologist for it. Uh, and then we get to the Christological, like Paul mentioned, uh, arguments, which are always at play in art during this time. Uh, the minute we start talking about, you had you know, the Bards and the Arians and the big debate about, was Jesus fully human? Was he fully God? Was he a little bit of both? Let's figure that out. Let's fight about it. You know, uh, All those arguments that were going up show up in the art again, as we saw last week, and they may uh, have something to do with the absence. Because if you think about it, uh, like the group who thought uh, or said Jesus was more human or they concentrated on the humanity of Jesus, uh, would want depictions of his human ministry, 
In other words, that's what we're going to concentrate on, the depictions of art. His healing, his teaching, all the things we talked about last week. And those who concentrated or, or were in the, you know, Jesus is divine school would not want a static picture of Jesus on the cross, a dead Savior, because that looks like an ordinary death. You know, you have a man on a cross, dead. Uh, and so it's almost like depictions of crucifixions uh, worked against both arguments uh, Christologically and so that is a reasonable explanation also uh, for the absence um, yeah so yeah it's kind of a good point um, the, the cross really isn't the best part of it the tomb is the best part of it right. that he came out of the tomb yes that, I agree with that, and I think, and you know, it's, I remember uh, as a little boy, I grew up Methodist, and I uh, remember going to Camp Sumatonga. Any of y'all go to Camp Sumatonga? It's awesome. Am I the only one raised Methodist? No. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> I was raised Baptist. You're Baptist? Yeah. I wouldn't say anything about that. I'm just, even, no, I'm just kidding. It's a secret Methodist symbol. Here we go to Worship of Springs. Yeah, what? Here we go to Worship of Springs. No, is that in Alabama? No, it's in Tennessee. I never got out of Alabama to college. It's on the Cumberland Plateau. Okay. Sumatanga was in Alabama, and they had a gift shop at the camp. Yeah, I remember going at least one summer, and they had this gift shop, and I bought a crucifix. I mean, it was a little silver, you know, Jesus on a cross. Which I don't know why I was in a Methodist gift shop at Crucifix, but uh, I bought it and I brought it home and I wore it all the time. It was like nine or ten years old. And I remember my dad sitting me down and saying, "Hey, why don't we, you know, why don't we take Jesus off the cross? Like literally taking a, you know, a buck pocket knife and uh, popping the little Jesus off the cross." He's because. Jesus isn't on the cross anymore, you know. Jesus is risen. He's continued. And I, I just thought, what's he talking about? You know, I like the guy, you know. I like. I, I didn't think about the symbology, but I, I do think, um, I, I do think the debate has been going on a long time. Like the representation of what Jesus on the cross means in the context of this story that we, you know, tell each other. Um, and I think that uh, maybe, you know, had a lot to do with, I mean, this this debate about uh, depictions and portraits of Christ, how he's depicted, what we do with those images, how we treat those images has been going on a long time. Uh, and it's really contentious throughout history all the way through, you know, my little gold, John, 15th century, John the Baptist is there in that field because, you know, at some point Henry said, get rid of all these images and all this stuff having to do with Rome, you know, and what they mean and the power of these images. Let's tear up the churches. And they tore up the church in Colchester. And that's why I found that little dude, you know. Um, speaking of fines, I don't mean to brag, but I don't... <laughs> This, uh, and we'll get into this, but this, this is uh, Merovingian, uh, it's an Anglo-Saxon coin, but it's Merovingian in, um, uh, in origin. In other words, when the Anglos, or when the Saxons came to English, 
to England, sorry, uh, they brought their coinage with them. So this was made um, uh, in France in the Frankish Merovingian Empire. Uh, and it's one of the, you know, one of the kings on one side and the, the cross represented on the other. Uh, this is 643, I think, so mid-7th century. I spent 14 hours looking for that dude, man. <laughs> I mean, literally, I knew there's a corner of a field uh, in uh, off of Wicks Abbey that we knew there had been a, a Saxon horde found. Uh, but th it's, that, I, it's hard to represent. I wish I had... That's about the size of my thumbnail. That the full mm -hmm. coin is about the size of my thumbnail. Mm -hmm. and it's really thin, struck gold, and it's been cut for bullion, so it's not even a full coin. But I spent 14 hours gritting this area where I knew, and right as the sun was going down, uh, I popped this thing out. So I was like, it's in the British Museum now because it was part of a hoard. And even though a single coin you can keep if you find under the Treasure Act. If it was part of a documented hoard, the hoard itself is treasure, so they have a right to keep it. They paid me for it, but anyway, that's the 7th century um, version of the cross. Uh, yeah, which is, uh, yeah, I, we're out of time, but I was going to pass around, a, this is a 3rd century silver Roman ring, and has a cross on it. That has nothing to do with Christianity. In fact, it's a, it has little dots on it that's commonly known as the evil eye. It's a, which is weird that you'd wear a ring with the evil eye on it, but the evil eye protects you from things that are worse than evil eyes, I guess. Uh, uh, I was going to pass it around. I'll bring it next week to pass it around when we have more time. But um, the, the other thing that I didn't get way into, but the interpretation of cruciform or cross motifs on early uh, Roman art, or Roman art through the early Christian period have to be, those interpretations have to be done with care because crosses were used in lots of different ways that weren't, that had nothing to do with the cross or the kind of Christian interpretation. So that's another reason uh, uh, you have to be really careful interpreting, you know, uh, what's Christian and what is not. Uh, anyway, something to think about. Uh, again, I don't, I don't mean to suggest that the centrality of um, the crucifixion and what was done on the cross, I just feel like uh, I tend to think more about like the sound of music. You know, it's like this was deeply, as Katie said, deeply intimate, uh, gruesome depiction. It meant a lot to the early church. Uh, uh, and it meant even more when some of them had suffered the same fate um, and it wasn't glorified. It wasn't like the, what happened with the cult of martyrs. Um, it, it, it was more precious uh, and meaningful than that. And I, I would like to think that the main reason, you know, that for the absence of this, is that the holiness of the event itself and the profound mystery and irony of God dying in the worst possible way is something not to be even gazed upon. I think that fits with the Judeo uh, version of how we treat God. And uh, I would like to think that I, I can't really, none of the other explanations make sense to me. Uh, and if you think about it, the way that, the way Paul treats it, uh, the way our Bible 
you know, the way we read of the significance and the profound mystery of the cross, I think fits. Sometimes what you don't say is more important than what you do. And I think artists above all people know that best. So anyway, thanks for being here. Next week we'll uh, talk about some more fun stuff. I'll try to bring something to pass around. Did somebody take my coin? Why like why would you why would you steal a coin? Yes, Brad, I took it. That's so mean. Like if you need that coin bad enough to steal it, then you can have it. It doesn't work in the cup machine.